the word that the Lord gave me was praying according to God's will. How do you pray? And this word can be so often used and abused by Christianity because they, each one wants to pray according to their own will and pray according to their own ways. And yet prayer, as we look through the scriptures, what it means and how precious is prayer to us. I shared this at some time before, I'll share it before I start reading. And that was Charles Spurgeon who said, prayer and Bible reading go like this. You breathe in and you breathe out. You pray and you read the word of God. You don't breathe in and you stop. You have to breathe out. That's how you live. So if you don't live by prayer and reading the word of God, you don't live. You actually are dead. And that means um, or makes a lot of sense to us. So we go to Matthew chapter 6 and see what Jesus um, teaches on prayer. It's really not uh, the Lord's prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer and how he teaches them how to pray. And so he gives us a manner in which we should pray. Prayer is an access to God. We can access God through prayer. So let's read and see what Jesus said, going from Matthew chapter 6 from verses 5 right down to 13. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth thee in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus told them how not to pray and then how to pray. And he said, pray after this manner. So Jesus has given us an example of how to pray. But tradition can tell you and take this whole passage of scripture and start doing exactly what Jesus told you not to do. He said, do not pray like the heathen. And they will keep repeating it a hundred times, or maybe a twenty times, or maybe how many times, thinking that God will hear you. But Jesus says, no. And how simple it is. He says, go back to my word and see what I'm telling you in my word, how you ought to pray. So there's something that the Lord has been teaching me, that I must stand at the foundation of his word. And I believe that's for every believer in Christ. Because when you reject the word of God, you are actually rejecting Jesus Christ. Because Jesus himself is the word. 
do not reject the word of God. If you do not understand the word of God, you can tell the Lord plainly, Lord, I do not understand it. Give me wisdom and understanding to understand it. I believe all that you say and I want to do all that you have asked me to do. And so, Jesus said, do not pray in that manner. So, if we do not follow the word of God, then we are in trouble. Let's look at the book of Hosea, chapter 4. Someone can get there before me is good. Hosea 4, chapter 6. The reason why I do want to read the word of God, because it goes out loud. It goes out into... Uh, the air, people who are listening on the other side will hear the word of God. They do not have a Bible on them. Hosea 4 chapter 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Remember the whole book from Genesis right down to Revelation is the law of God. It is the word of God. So, yes, we are not under an Old Testament law, but we still obey the word of God and all the instruction that's in the word of God. So do not try to run away with that and say that now I can live as I please. Jesus has given us clear instruction how to pray. And if you do not pray according to the way he has asked us to pray, I'm sorry, you're not going to get your prayers answered. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13. These are the two scriptures that came to me when I was looking at the Lord's prayer. Isaiah 5 13 says this. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Look at that. They have no knowledge. Your knowledge comes from the word of God. Your knowledge comes from the fear of God. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. So when you don't pray according to the way Jesus has asked you to pray, number one, then you're going to end up in trouble. You can become famished. You can pray and pray and pray till your lungs have gone dry and there's no more breath in you and there's no answer to your prayer because your prayer is really not according to the will of God. So let's look what Jesus says. Praying is to get God's will done on earth. It's not to get my will done on earth, but to get God's will done on earth in our lives and the lives of other men, in our situations, our circumstances, and for the salvation of the lost. And that's why Jesus says, now I'm going to tell you how to pray. Pray after this manner. And after you declared the Father in heaven is holy, he says, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to pray according to the will of God. Do not try to get your will done on earth, but God's will to be done on earth. This is why you come in agreement with God. You come in agreement with his word. And when you humble yourself and begin to pray, God will do what he said he will do. Because he said, I am who I am. I am who I said I am and I will do what I said I will do. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the key to have to get your prayers answered. Align yourself with the will of God, not your will. Jesus was the perfect example in his flesh, in his earthly ministry. As a man, all he did was to do the will of his father. 
And so we cannot be anything better than Jesus or lesser in the manner of prayer. In fact, I, I kind of compare ourselves to praying like Jesus prayed, but we are to follow him and be his example and do what Jesus asked us to do. That is what it means to be a Christian. But you know, the scripture can be quoted out of context and used to suit one's own will and doctrine. And so we can bring up doctrines on prayer and say, no, 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 I can pray how I want. We'll come to that point sometime later because in Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11, you will hear what is called the golden rule of prayer. Matthew 7, 7 to 11, or we'll go down to 12. It says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receive it. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So we can say, you know, Jesus said to ask. So I can ask anything. Really? Is that true? So look at the scripture. When you look at the word of God, you begin to understand then how I should pray and how I should ask and what I should ask and when will my asking be right. Is that true? Because there are people asking and they are asking things which are not according to the will of God. This passage really is speaking about the Holy Spirit. Because you will find that in the book of Luke, Luke 11.13 says, Jesus was speaking really about the Holy Spirit. If we being earthly parents know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more our heavenly Father, who will give unto you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. And it is most necessary. It is most necessary. I can't use a better word than that. If I can find a better word than necessary, you need the Holy Spirit. Without him, it is impossible it is impossible for you to live this life. The Father, Son and the Holy Spirit can never be separated. It is God. He is God. It's not it. People use the word it. He is God. And without him, nothing will take place in your life. And this is why Jesus made that reference primarily of the Holy Spirit. But that asking, uh, seeking and knocking will become a right way in your life as we will go through the scriptures to understand it. Because then you go to John chapter 15 verse 7 and see what Jesus says there. Every answer to the scripture is in the scripture itself. We let God's word interpret his word. We do not need the interpretation of man. If a man stands up to deceive you, I can tell you this morning that you may be deceived if you do not read the word. But if you read his word, you will not be deceived. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. That is the answer to your asking. 
If you abide in him, if you abide in his word, he's given us his word. This whole book, the entire book is his word. If you abide in that word, then you are going to ask according to the will of God. Then you will get your prayers answered. If you go on YouTube, you'll find people saying, how to get all your prayers answered. They think God is this big bank. They will ask him for a home. I'll ask him for this. I'll ask him for that. And you know, because he's such a loving father, he will give me everything. That's a lie. Look at the word of God. Go back to the scriptures and let the scriptures begin to teach you because that is the word on which we stand. When I say on Christ a solid rock I stand, I stand upon his word. God has exalted his word above his name. So you can call upon the name of Jesus but if you do not call upon him in truth, he cannot hear you and he will not hear you. So we look to these principles of prayer. Psalms 37 verse 4 it says delight yourself also in the Lord delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in the Lord then your desires are going to become godly desires if you have no delight in the Lord, you do not have godly desires, you have worldly desires. And then James begins to explain that. In James chapter 4 and verse 3, this is according to the New King James Version, he says, I've, I've taken both the versions together and combined them. In James 4 verse 3, firstly according to King James Version, he says, you ask and you receive not. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And the New King James Version in the last line it says that you may spend it on your pleasures. So when you are asking God for something, he knows your heart. He knows why you are asking. He is not like our earthly fathers. He sees right into your heart. And so he knows really, as Jesus said, what you need before you ask him. But you need to ask him because that's your relationship with him. He's given you that privilege to pray and that's so wonderful for us to pray. But I've been pained so much by hearing people pray. And sometimes I say, Lord, forgive me for being in this attitude of prayer when I hear. I have no offense against people, honestly. But I want to stand on the word of God. You might have heard this often said, there is power in prayer. Honestly, is there power in prayer? There's power in God. The power is in God. Because I can stand up to make a very beautiful prayer like the Pharisees. And you say, what a wonderful prayer. What a beautiful prayer. But God is looking at the intention of that man's heart. And he's seeing why he's praying and how he's praying and the intentions. And that prayer has no value before God. But if you pray according to his will and you pray according to his word, then the power of God will work through that prayer and there is no power in prayer. I'm sorry to break that but I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to share that because this has been long time upon my heart. So pray according to the will of God. You will begin to understand. People will get offended when you tell them these things but this is what the word of God says. Jesus said people will be offended of you because of me because I am the way, the truth and the life and stand upon the word of God. 
Now God hears and answers prayer and that is very sure. I'm not trying to build any doctrine here to tell you that God will not hear your prayer. We'll come, come to that part at the end of this message. So when you ask or somebody asks you, can you please pray for me? Have you heard that? Often. Oftentimes believers will ask you to pray and we do pray for them. But then there are unbelievers who will also come and ask you to pray for them. And that happens very often. When I say an unbeliever, I mean one who is an unborn Christian. He's not a born-again Christian. Do we get that right? Only one who is born into the kingdom of God is a child of God. One who is not born into the kingdom of God, he may have a form of religion, he may go to a church, he may pray, he may do all these things and speak the name of Jesus, but yet he is not born again. So how do we deal with these people? So if it's a Hindu, a Muslim and an atheist, it's very easy for us to pray. And so we must remember to pray according to God's will. So especially when it's someone from the world, we'll say, oh, pray for my situation. The person says, I'm going through this difficulty, I'm going through this hardship. And then you go and pray for them and you, know, and you walk away. I can tell you, honestly, nothing will happen. You wasted your time. You wasted that person's time because you did not follow what Jesus asked you to do first. The first thing is you give them the gospel. They need to know the gospel. They need to know that Jesus is the only way. They need to know that he paid the price for their salvation. That only when they come to him and they find their place of rest in Christ that God will hear that prayer. Until that time, you can pray how much you want. But I believe according to the word of God, they will not receive it two things will happen. You will compromise with them. And that's how the enemy wants us to compromise. First, give them the gospel. You want my prayer? You want to hear my God to hear your prayer? Then first become his child. When you become his child, he will answer you and bless you. Yes, I will not refuse the prayer. I will pray for you because my God is the only God who can hear and answer prayer. The idols you worship, the statues that you have, they have eyes and ca that cannot see. They have ears that they cannot hear. They have hands and they can do nothing. You can knock it down in front of them and say, what a pitiful thing is this? Because it cannot do one thing against you. But our God is a true and living God. We worship him in spirit and in truth. For it is the will of God that all men be saved. Is that true? It is the will of God. He says, pray for all men. No matter how wicked the man is, God says to pray for him. So I, have, I cannot say, Lord, I do not want to pray for this man. We know the atrocities that they are doing, but the Lord says, pray for him. Let God judge him. You don't be judged by God, because God said, do what I asked you to do. He has commanded us to pray for all men, and he says that they might come to the knowledge of the truth. So let us pray for unbelievers in such a manner, giving them the gospel. So therefore, we pray not to get our prayers answered, that's right. We don't pray to get our prayers answered. So you like to look good in front of people. Oh, this man prayed so very well. Thank you. I can come back to him for prayer again. And you, this is all you'll be doing, speaking words over each other. And nothing is going to happen. Prayer, secondly, the most precious place for you and for me. Now I'm talking to believers who have come to Christ. It's the most precious place for you and for me. It's a place of intimacy with God. Have you found that place of intimacy with God? Or is prayer just an asking thing? 
Is it just taking your petitions before God all the time? Lord, do this for me. Lord, save me from the situation. Lord, give me money. Lord, help me in my job. Help me to find a better job. All those things. Yes, the Lord will answer that prayer if it's according to his will. But how are you intimate with God? If you don't have intimacy with God, there is a big question mark in my life. Am I his child? Because there's an intimacy between God and his children. And he speaks about that intimacy when we pray. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 6, When you pray, enter into thy closet. And when you have shut the door, he said, Pray to thy father which is in secret. No one needs to see you pray. Just the father alone needs to see you pray. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Now it doesn't mean now I must go and shut myself behind that door and pray. You can pray without anybody knowing that you are praying. And God will hear your prayer. Remember how Hannah prayed. And the priest thought that she was drunk. But she was praying to the Lord and the Lord knew her heart. She had such an intimate relationship with the Lord. We know that Mary prayed. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she prayed and she said, Be it unto me according to your word, O Lord. So when we pray unto the Lord, we pray from a point of a relationship where God is your father. If God is not your father, then you would look at, at God as one who punishes you whenever you do wrong. God does not do that. He does not punish, but he does chastise. There's a big difference between punishment and chastisement. Chastisement is to bring you to the right path, but punishment can destroy you. God is a loving God, but his chastisement can be harsh. And we know what happens in this world. We've seen it in our very own lives. Without chastisement, the word of God tells you, like you, you are like a bastard. It's a strong word. It means you do not know your father. That's, that's what the word means. So we must know our father. And that way we can have to him is through this intimate time of prayer with God. Do you want to look at the life of David? You can look at him and what intimacy he had with God. What a wonderful life. Look at Jesus and his father. The relationship was so wonderful. But I can tell you, nobody needs to tell you this. Really, when you get born again, you long for the presence of God. You long to be in the secret place of the Most High. Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That is your personal time. Nobody can steal that from you. You may not be able to pray in a closet, but you can pray while you're walking down the street. You can pray while you're driving your car. You can pray on your bed while you are sleeping. You know, Smith Bigglesworth was saying, he doesn't pray for four hours or five hours, but he prays all the time. He can pray for half an hour, he can pray for five minutes. Every time there's a need, an urgency in his spirit, he would begin to pray. That is your relationship with the Lord. No one can steal that from you. No enemy in hell can rob that from you because God has got his eye on you. You have become his child. He's a father and you are his child. And you can cry out to him from the depths of your being, wherever you are, and God will hear you. Psalm 84 verse 2 says this, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Does your soul faint for the courts of the Lord? Do you long to get into the presence of God? Do you fight to get into the presence of God? 
because sometimes you have to fight all these obstacles around you you know when you look at the tabernacle you had the outer court the inner court and the most holy place that was a secret place in that place there's no one but you you have to get through the crowds of people to get into that secret place where you can be with the lord and god sees your heart that is where you pray from your heart and you can pour out your soul unto the lord and david says my heart and my flesh they both cry out for the living god your heart and this flesh because this flesh is wicked and you cry out for the living god you want to be where he is and i heard or we read to the scriptures how the pharisees told jesus they said your disciples do not fast why do they not fast and jesus said why do they need to fast when the bridegroom is with them is when the bridegroom is taken then they will fast and the reason why they are fasting is because they want to be with the bridegroom the bride wants to be where the bridegroom is is that right the bridegroom and the bride can never be separated you cannot separate them when they are in love and such is the love relationship you have with jesus the church is the bride of jesus the church should be in that place a praying church is a church that has power that's the power of god again i'm coming back to that not to use the word this power in prayer but there is power in god god is the one who works through us and we give him all the glory so god looks for that kind of relationship with us intimacy with god strengthens your relationship if you're not intimate with god you are going to turn weak you will know that very clearly clearly in your life your desires would begin to fade away and your life would become in a place where you find yourself so miserable it is good that it happens in a way that you might know that you must repent from where you have fallen and go back to your first love and that's what jesus speaks about in the book of revelation when he speaks to the church in ephesians so god wants us to be in that relationship because truly if you look through all the scriptures the first commandment is to love the lord your god to love him with all your heart to love him with all your soul to love him with all your mind and your strength when you truly love him then you will do this you cannot do it out of religion so religion is cast out of this if you look at the book of isaiah chapter 40 and come right down to the end it says they that wait upon the lord they that wait upon the lord there are very few people who will wait upon the lord but if you wait upon the lord you will renew your strength you will mount up with wings as eagles you shall run and not be weary you will walk and you will not faint because god is the strength of your heart and he is your portion forever when you feel weak when you are struggling and going through your hardship in life prayer is the most wonderful place it's called the sweet hour of prayer you might have heard that song sung many times when we go back to the old redemption hymnal you hear of the saints of old who spent all their time in prayer they never had tvs they never had entertainment they never had all these games and all these things that they could play with because and thank god it wasn't there at the time they had the wonderful time of prayer they could spend all their life in prayer in fact there's a song i think uh, i heard it sung living on a prayer you know it's a secular song they take it and they abuse it and they make all things about it but you know what prayer is your lifeline prayer is your very own life 
with God and God sees you as a child. If you don't have intimacy with God, there's a great danger in your life. Because Jesus is coming back for his bride. He is coming back for the one who is in love with him. Not just looking for his benefits, but for because your heart is longing for him. You desire him. And this is why you purify yourself. This is why you abstain from the world. This is why the world has lost its affections on you. Because you have fixed your eyes upon Jesus. If your eyes have not been fixed upon Jesus, we can be like Peter sometimes, taking our eyes off him. And then the troubles and cares will come and they will toss you over. But when you turn back to Jesus and you look into his eyes so full of grace, that's the very same grace that brought Peter back to repentance. He denied Jesus, but he was able to be restored because Jesus knew his heart. He said, who else can I go to a Lord? Because you alone have the words of eternal life. Psalm 73 verse 26 again says, My heart and my flesh fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So this secret place is so intimate that you speak to God out of the longing of your heart. Now we come to the place. Someone says, oh, you cannot pray from your heart. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Now is the place because you are in a relationship. You have relationship with God. You have fellowship with God. Now you can pray from a longing in your heart. Now you understand, yes, I can ask my father because I'm going to ask all the godly things. I'm not going to ask for worldly things. I'm going to ask according to his will. And the father is not going to hold that back from you because he loves you. He will give you according to his will, but also according to his time. So remember, timing is very important. We always want things and we want it yesterday. Not now, but Lord, it should have been yesterday. You should have given it to me, Lord. You know the longing of my heart, but you never gave it to me. That, that's not our attitude before him. So this place is a place of genuine relationship from the Lord. And that is a place you not only pray, but you also hear. In your place of intimacy, you can speak 10,000 words to the Lord, but one word from him is enough. And he says, be still. Be still. And in that presence, when he speaks, one word is more than enough. Because that one word speaks of a wonderful relationship you have with him. Have you heard from him? How long has it been? since you've heard from the Lord, when you heard his voice, his tender voice calling you, the tender voice of Jesus, there is no voice like the voice of Jesus, tender and sweet its chime, like musical ring in a flowing spring in the bright summer time. There was a song I sang when I was in Sunday school. I never had that written in these notes. I believe the Lord is bringing that to my heart, the, the voice of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful voice of Jesus when he calls you and calls you into such fellowship. The Songs of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 3, he says it's really a love relationship there in the book of Songs of Solomon. If you know the Lord and you're walking in his will, you will have no carnal understanding of this book. In Psalm, Songs of Solomon 6, 3, he says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. That's the kind of place you are in. And in the very same next chapter, chapter 7, verse 13, it says, Thou that dwellest in the gardens, the companions hearken to thy voice, 
cause me to hear it lord cause me to hear your voice i want to hear your voice of god if you make that prayer to the lord the lord will not refrain from speaking to you because if you desire him and you have such a love relationship with him he will speak to you that is an assurance that god has given you this is the god whom we serve he is a living god he is a loving god he is a god of justice he is a god of judgment but because you have come into that relationship through his son jesus christ and we are coming to this very important place now in prayer to understand for those who keep thinking i have been doing all this but nothing is happening we will see what god's word says so there's a place of trouble for everyone everyone goes to trouble in their life there's no one who can say there is no trouble in my life there is trouble in your life because jesus said it in this world you will have tribulations you are going to have trials but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so distress will come to every person whether you are a believer or not have you read the book of psalms have you found david saying that his soul is troubled unto death that his soul feels like he is in hell there are times when you feel like hell is that right when everything is coming against you we have to be honest we cannot say just because i'm a christian now you know everything is going good in my life no you will go through your wilderness you will go to the darkest seasons in your life because you must be tested if you are not tested what's the point of you being a christian what's the point of you having faith there is no point of having faith if you are not going to be tested these tests will make you stronger so there are times when you are going to be tested and we're going to look at the people of israel when they were taken into captivity in the book of jeremiah they were taken into captivity they went into babylon and nebuchadnezzar had taken them captive there were false prophecies that were being made the false prophets they are speaking about peace but jeremiah was speaking the word of the lord sometimes or most often it's only one person who is speaking the word of the lord it's hard to find people today who will speak the word of the lord because his word is right here in this book we now have the written word of god and you can discern someone who's not speaking the word of god and so what happened then in jeremiah chapter 29 verse 12 when they were taken captive and they had gone into babylon god told them through jeremiah he said then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and i will hearken unto you what a wonderful god they were being taken captive they are going into captivity out of jerusalem out of their comfort zone but god is saying then you will call upon me and then i will hearken unto you and then he goes on to say in verse 15 and uh, sorry this is psalm 50 verse 15 in psalm 50 verse 15 it says and call upon me in the day of trouble call upon me in the day of trouble so when god says call upon me in the day of trouble there is a day of trouble and sometimes the day of trouble that the word of god is speaking is a day so crucial to your life it is so crucial to your life and that can be a big challenge to you whether you will call upon the lord or you will turn away from him king asa it says when he became sick unto death he did not call upon the lord but he sought the help of physicians he did not seek the lord and he died 
because he did not seek the Lord. His trust was in the physicians. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. You can go to the doctor for help, but he's not the answer. The answer is not in him. The answer is not in the medicines and the medication. The answer is from the Lord. He's the one who gave you life. He has a day appointed for you. There's a day of appointment for you. I can't postpone it. I can't prepone it. Only he can do it because he did that also in the life of Hezekiah and he gave him another 15 years of life. The Lord can extend your life, not the doctor. He's not going to extend your life. Your day of appointed appointment has been written. So at this time, God wants you to know there is only one way to him. Is that right? There is only one way to him. You can try every other way you want. But the scripture says there is only one way to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except... Is that word there in the Bible? Except through me. You can use earthly methods... You can use carnal methods. You can compare whatever you want. It's not going to matter to God. You go to the Father through the Son. You cannot access the Father by any other means. Say whatever you want to say because Jesus said it. You will have to go and contend and fight with Him. And you cannot fight with Him. It is impossible for a man to contend with God. He is the potter and you are the clay. Remember that. That is only one way to God. And he says, now look at what the scripture also says. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which you do not know. Which you do not know. But you have to call unto me. And then he gave a wonderful verse in the book of Job. And when I found that verse, I was rejoicing. It's in the book of Job chapter 5 and verse 1. Job 5 and verse 1 says, Call now, if there be any that will answer thee, and to which of the saints will you turn? Unto which of the saints will you turn? You can't ask the saints who have passed on to pray for you. They cannot hear you. They can do nothing for you. God himself has said it. Call now unto me. He said, call me. Not the saints. He's not asking you to go to the saints. You have to go to the Father through the Son. And he has given it right through his word. When you read his word, you will understand it. That there is only one way to God the Father. And when I read that, I said, Lord, thank you, Lord. Your word is truth. His word is life. Heaven and earth will pass away. But his word will not pass away. If this is offending you, I just want to ask you, go back to the word of God. I have been offended many times. Why? Because I've been disobedient. But when you come to obedience, what happens? God will restore you. God will hear you. God is looking for obedient children. He is looking for children of obedience. Do you want to be obedient to God? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Is that true? Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Do not rebel. When you rebel against God, it is equal to witchcraft. God hates that. So God will hear all those who call upon him in the name of Jesus and in truth. You can call upon the name of Jesus, but not in truth, and he will not hear you. I can give you a wrong phone number and you will never be able to get me. You can call how much you want, you will never hear my voice. 
I'm just giving that as an example. And you say, I cannot get this person. I've tried from morning to night, but he never answered the phone. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. You cannot go to the Father except through the Son. Blessed be his holy name. And without the Holy Spirit, you have no life. So Israel, today, what we are seeing, what's happening in that land, it is a tragedy. It's terrible. It is awful. It is unbearable. We cannot even see that happen to our own enemies, but we are seeing it happening to our own brothers and sisters. We call them our brothers and sisters because Jesus himself spoke about them in that manner. We know they need to come to the saving grace. Where they need to come to the place of the cross. Then they truly become our brothers and sisters. That is the truth. And what does the Bible say about Israel? Israel has to go through its greatest time. Do you know that? They have to go through that. Only then can they turn. Only then can they see. Only then they will understand who is their Messiah. Because they have rejected him. The only way that God gave was through his son. And right through the entire Old Testament, God never missed one mark. Not even by a degree. Who his son is, where he will be born, how he will be born, the nature of his birth, the very town of his birth. And they missed it. Because their eyes were set upon the world. Their eyes were not truly upon the Lord. Are your eyes upon the Lord? That's a question today. So Israel can be religious, but when they come to the truth of a relationship and they know that God the Father, God Jehovah, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth and his son, they are one. That's what Jesus declared. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, he is one God. He is one Lord. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. There was no one who could say that except the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And today we do pity Israel. And this is why I've come to this point of prayer. How do you then pray for Israel? How do you pray for Israel? All of us want to see Israel set free. That's right. We want to see them at peace. We want to see them in a place where everything is going well. And that's how they saw it when Jesus came. Many of them said, oh, the Messiah has come. He's going to bring us peace. And now we're going to sit in this land and rule and be very happy and have everything given to us. That's not it. That is not it. So you need to pray according to the will of God. And this is how we pray for Israel. This morning, we pray that their eyes be open. We pray for salvation. We pray that they might know the Messiah. They might know Yeshua HaMashiach. He is Lord. He is God. He is king. When he hung on that cross, Pilate wrote an inscription right on top. It says, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. He was written in three languages. For the Jews, for the Gentiles, for the Greeks, for the rest of this world that we know who Jesus Christ is. And they were so angry and upset about it. They said, remove that. Because they knew what it meant. Because it meant God is the only king. He is the only king. And when they seen him hanging on that cross... They rejected it. But you know what? When their eyes are opened, they will begin to cry. And they will cry out as they cry for a firstborn child, says the word of God. What a wonderful day that will be. So while we know what they are going through now, brothers and sisters, we look at what Isaiah 59 says. We look at Isaiah 59 and why God now cannot hear their cry. Do you know that? God cannot hear their cry. So this is what Isaiah 59 says. 
they can pray how much they want they can go to the wailing wall and do everything that they want but god his heart is pained he pains as he sees that and does it pain your heart to see them do it and god says behold the lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his is ear heavy that it cannot hear but your iniquities have separated between you and your god and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity your lips have spoken lies your tongue hath muttered perverseness and you can go on and read in the book of isaiah and this is the reason why god cannot hear them until until they come to that place and we will read that scripture as we go on next and second chronicles 7:14 says this let's read it second chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 i want to read it from the scriptures if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal the land now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place for now have i chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually is that not the heart of god the love of god his heart is there his throne is there do you know that the throne of david is there and the king of kings will sit upon that throne one day it is going to happen and i'm not saying that one day is long long away from us in fact it is very close to us it's coming very soon and jesus said oh jerusalem jerusalem you will not see me until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord how wonderful is that and when the lord comes he will set his people free he will deliver them he will rule and he will reign as king of kings and lord of lords because that is who he is he is the almighty god he is the everlasting father and then the whole nation of israel will be saved what a wonderful day we are looking forward for that day but they are going to go through hardship there's going to be a tribulation it's called jacob's trouble and during the time as a church we will pray for them but remember the church is going to be raptured do you believe that when all these things begin to happen what did jesus say in mark 13:33 let's look at that mark chapter 13 and verse 33 He said, "Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is." Take heed, church. You ought to be watching and praying. We are watching. We are seeing the things that are happening. Watching also means to be careful and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It can happen right now. It can happen before we walk out of this church. 
We can be up there with the Lord in the air. Because what is happening now with Israel, you know the things, the way they are forming, the way Russia is behind it. You know Russia has been behind this. You know the Germans have been behind it. That spirit of Antichrist is still working as it worked. And Jesus said it is already in the world. And the way things are forming among the Muslim Brotherhood to go against this nation. And when they go hard against this nation, there's going to come one who will come and stop that war. And when he stops the war, they will hail him as the person of peace, as the man of peace. And they will begin to say that he is the Messiah because he brought them peace. But he is the liar, he is the deceiver, he is the Antichrist and we do not care about him one bit at all. We do not waste our breath upon him because the breath that God has given us is to praise the Lord and to glorify him. So we know the time is so very near. God said in his word, the generation that sees all these things happen. In 1948, Israel was born. Israel was born in 48. We know God has given them extended grace. We speak about the Jubilee year. They are in the Jubilee year. We are right at the point of time when Jesus will come. He is coming. If you think that this is some fantasy of the Christians, I'm sorry to tell you that. Because when it happens, many eyes will be opened. Islam will fall apart. So-called Christianity will fall apart. The eyes of the people will begin to know that there is a true God when they come back to his word. Because there's much lies happening in this world. Artificial intelligence is misleading the people. And if you want artificial intelligence, it is artificial. There is no life in it. It is going to deceive you. Luke 21, 36 says this. This is how we ought to pray. Church, we should be praying this prayer because Jesus said to pray this prayer. Luke 21 and verse 36. In fact, I want to read from 32 and then go down to 36. It is better that way. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Surfeiting is partying, enjoying, having parties, you know, and having all the pleasures of this world, and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that the day so that day come upon you unawares for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth so in 36 he says watch ye therefore and pray always you get that watch ye therefore and pray always why that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch and pray that God will count you worthy. You cannot be worthy by any of your deeds. I will not be worthy by any of my deeds. I will stand humbly before my Lord and bow before him and say, Lord, you are worthy of it all. That is a song in the throne room of heaven when all the saints will say, Lord, you are worthy of it all. Blessing and honor and glory and power belongs to our God and to the Lamb of God upon the throne. Blessed be his holy name. Such is our wonderful God. I just want to close with a real incident that has happened. It happened in the year 1820. And this is what 
trigger this point of prayer in my life. The point to go and preach a sermon in prayer rather. Because I wait upon the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me to share a word, I want you to show me what I should speak. And then I will speak. Because then I have the confidence. I know this is what you want your people to hear. Now I'm just sharing this to every one of you. You can go and research it. You can go and find it. In 1820, there was a man called Peter Richley. He was on his way to England. He was in Australia and he was going to England. He was going, I believe, to see his mother. I'm not sure. But there's a record of him in 1820. You can find that. So he got upon the ship and he was traveling. And while he was traveling, that ship began to sink. It encountered a terrible storm and the ship began to sink. Everyone on that ship perished except Peter Richley. He was alive. And then Peter Richley was saved by another ship. The second ship came by and they found Peter Richley and they saved him and they got him on that ship. And while they went through, the second ship also sank. And it says everyone on that ship also perished. The second ship. And now you must be getting a bit worried about Peter Richley. And it is true. He got on the third ship. And the third ship sank. Someone would say he is a Jonah. Yes. But God used Jonah. And then Peter Richley got on the fourth ship. By this time you know what I am going to tell you. The fourth ship sank. And this is a wonder and amazement to many one of us. And we think, hey, this is a story you are making up. But you can go and check out the records. And Peter Richley actually became disgusted. Why am I alive? He got on the fifth ship. A fifth ship came to save him. What a wonderful testimony would that be. Five ships to save you. Man, everyone perished but me. I must be something very special. But the fifth ship also sank. It is true. And then came along the sixth ship. It was called the city of Leeds. And that ship picked him up. And Peter Richley was thinking, now this ship is going to sink as well. But then when he got upon that ship, the captain came to him and said, listen, we want you to do us a favor. And he said, I'll do anything for you because my life has been spared. And he said, there's an old lady upon the ship and she uh, has witnessed to every one of us about Jesus. She has testified to us. She knows every single person on the ship, but she doesn't know your face. We want you to go into that room and pretend to be her son because she has been praying and she has been talking to the Lord many things that we do not understand but she has been wanting to see her son and so pretend that you are her son she knows all of us but she doesn't know you because you are someone different so come along with me he said surely I will do that I'll pretend so he went in along with the captain into that room where that feeble old lady was really in a place where she would die any moment she was very feeble and he looked at her and when he saw her, he saw Sarah Richley. He saw his mother. That was Sarah Richley who was praying for her son. She prayed for her son saying, Lord, I want to see my son before I die. And she was coming on a trip to Australia to meet him. But God had different plans. And God heard her prayer. He's a God who answers prayer. You think God is not going to answer prayer when you pray according to his will? I'm sorry to tell you that you've been thought wrong. God will answer your prayer. 
If you believe, if you trust, if you know him, if God is your father, if you have become his child, and when this word has become the word that you abide in, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you will ask what you will. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We give him all glory and honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, that we can come to you at any time and pray. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God who hears and answers prayer. I thank you that you are a God of your word. I pray, Father, that each one of us, Lord, will hold fast to your word, Father. Even as we heard this morning, yes, Lord, John was put on the, the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. When we hold on to your word, O oh Father, we know the world will go against us. But we thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter. Let the world judge us. But we do not want to be judged by you, Master. So, Lord, we come to you this time. And I ask you to bless every saint here. I pray that your word, Lord, will become precious to their life. I ask you, Father, that each one will go back and search the scriptures, just like the Bereans did, Father. Lord, may your word dwell richly in their hearts, O Lord. And I ask you, Father, for every soul of your Lord, that not one be lost, O God, that they will have that wonderful, beautiful place of intimacy with you. So I give you now all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.